Hey y'all, welcome back. I am excited for this episode. Today I'm going to be talking about a couple little messages I have to um, my newly diagnosed diabetics, um, or just diabetics in general, but specifically to my newly diagnosed. Um, And yeah, I have a couple points written out on my computer and I'm excited to talk about them. Also, my dogs are outside and they're barking. Um, So if that ends up getting into the podcast, I apologize. Um, Okay, so I'm going to start with highs and lows. Um, My high of the week is I get to start work soon. I start in, once this podcast release, I think it'll be in about like a week and a half. Um, So that's super exciting. It's my first big nursing job. I still have one more year of nursing school left, but um, I got a nurse apprenticeship at a hospital down here in Reno, and I'm so excited. I'm working my first 12-hour shifts, and everyone has been so, so awesome, and I'm just excited to keep practicing my skills and do what I love and wear cute scrubs. I'm super excited. So I'll be on a, a med surge unit and um, yeah, I'm just really excited to get some good experience. So that'll be fun. And then for a low of the week, it has been, it's actually, it's raining right now. I was going to say it has been so cold and rainy randomly at the end of the days. And by the end of the day, I'm kind of ready to just like lay outside in the sun and hang out and take a walk or a hike and it's been rainy and cold and cloudy and <laughs> it doesn't feel like summer at the end of the day. So I'm ready for summer to kick in and for all the warmth and tanning and all that good stuff. So hopefully sometime soon. <laughs> I'm hoping by next week. Um, oh, that's also another little high. Um, the Reno Rodeo is next week, the following week. I think it's the following week. Um, So it better be warm for the Reno Rodeo because last year it was absolutely freezing. And yeah, so crossing my fingers for warm weather. But anyways, let's get into it. Um, So I'm going to start out with a few points um, that are more so kind of just like a mental perspective for newly diagnosed diabetics and what I wish I could have been told. Um, and then by the end of this podcast, I'll go into some more, um, like phrases and, um, things that might be good to learn as a newly diagnosed type one diabetic or questions that I think a newly diagnosed diabetic might have. So I'm going to start with those, um, mental ones first. So the first thing I'm going to say is it is not going to come naturally at first. And even when you're, you know, I don't know, diagnosed like 10 years in, it still might not come naturally all the time. Um, It's kind of just a ever working process and you kind of figure out what works for you. And um, it's not a natural thing to have an organ in your body not work. So I say this all the time, but you have to give yourself grace and understand that it is such a learning process. So if you can't look at a plate of food within your first year and know exactly how many carbs is in it. Don't beat yourself up. I have had type one since I was four years old and I'm 21. And there are still some foods where I'm like, shoot, I have no idea how many carbs are in this. I'm just going to have to take a little guesstimate or maybe I forget to pre-bullis one day or I don't know. I'm just having an off blood sugar week and it's my fault. Maybe I'm not correcting enough or you know, not, as I said, not pre-bullising or I don't know, all sorts of things could be happening. I'm not putting my insulin pump in great sites. I don't know. Um, 
you're never going to be perfect and that's totally okay and you are going to be okay um so yeah that's kind of my first little point i wanted to touch on um leading into that i also wanted to say that slow progress is still progress and a couple of these points i'm going to talk about i actually recently posted on my always alley pod um, instagram so these might sound a little familiar but slow progress is still progress maybe your a1c after three months or six months whenever you go in um, from your last appointment didn't go down or maybe it even went up or maybe it stayed the same I don't know maybe maybe it's just not where you want it to be um that's okay (laughs) that is okay you still have time to figure things out and change it and be the best version of yourself um maybe it only went down 0.1 percent and you were hoping for a full percentage drop and you're like what the heck I'm doing the very best I can my number has been riding in the 80s And I don't understand why my A1C looks like this. Slow progress is still progress. Um, Take pride in the little wins. Um, Yeah, just, I don't know. This is a good reminder I always have to remind myself of too. Slow progress is still progress. And give yourself grace, give yourself love, and take pride in your little wins. So, yeah, that's my little rant on that. Uh, another little thing I posted on my Instagram was to take your health seriously, but not let seriousness overtake your healthy life. So this one's an iffy one. Um, I have had lots of, lots of good experiences with my doctors and endos, but in the past I've had lots of negative ones with doctors and endos and even nurses, um, who, I don't know, kind of... I don't think they empathize very well, which isn't their fault. Um, And I want to preface right now, the doctors and those nurses that I go to right now are absolutely amazing. I'm not talking about a current situation, but I have had in the past where I think it's difficult for some people to empathize with their patients. And in turn, it might make them sound a little bit negative or condescending or um, just not really understanding of a patient's situation. Um... So, yeah, I don't know. I think I mentioned this in the podcast once, but when I was really, really little, I had a nurse come in and I was newly on the Omnipod and um, I loved putting it on my stomach and I was starting to get some scar tissue buildup and I was really upset because I didn't want to move my pump around from my stomach because that's where I was comfortable with it. And instead of, you know, going up to little, I don't know, eight-year-old me and saying, hey, you know, you can't do it on your tummy anymore. We need to let it heal. Maybe let's try it on the arm. And if you do it on your arm, you can get a sucker. I don't know. <laughs> however, however you go about that. Um, No, she decided to leave the room and print out a whole packet of completely like bruised up purple infected stomachs from... I don't even think it was insulin sites. I don't know where she got those images. Um, and she gave them to me and said that is what I would look like if I kept doing it on my stomach. Um, so that was scarring. <laughs> and I still think about that. Um, that was not necessary. So while, yes, take your health ser- health seriously and, you know, rotate your sites and, like, be good about giving your pre-boluses and, you know, give insulin for your foods and, like, you know, think about your numbers, like watch your numbers. It's, you know, a 24 seven job and it is our job and it is important to take it seriously. But also I think there's a very fine line. And when you get to the point where you're freaking out at night that, 
I don't know, your stomach is going to be purple <laughs> in five years or I don't know, whatever you think about. I know lots of people talk about, you know, amputations and all sorts of crazy things that does not, just because it happened to other people does not mean it's going to happen to you. <laughs> and there are so many great devices out there. And um, while it's important to, you know, be very serious about your health, um, take it easy, give grace, take a deep breath. You're going to be okay. You're doing the best you can. You are healthy, you are happy, and that's the most important thing. So I think there's kind of a fine line there. Um, another point I have is to speak up for yourself. That kind of goes side and side with what I was getting into there. Um, healthcare professionals do know a lot, but they don't know everything. So, oh my gosh, I'm going to keep saying this over and over in this episode. So <laughs> while it's important to give yourself grace, um, it's also really important to give others grace. And that includes your doctors, your nurses, your endocrinologists, your whoever you meet with. Um, if you don't agree with something they're saying, speak up because most of the time the patient is right. So I don't know. It's good to take your health into your own hands and, you know, have other minds sitting there with you to kind of, you know, combat your type one. Um, and speaking up is a super big, important part of it all. So yeah, definitely speak up for yourself and give others grace. Um, cause it's hard to empathize with something that you don't have. So yeah, that's my little spiel. Um, okay. So next I'm going to go into more, some things that are, um, more tips and tricks for newly type one diagnosed diabetics or some questions I think they might have. So the first thing I have is to make sure you rotate your sites and go to your appointments. Um, as I said, when I was little, I really loved my stomach and I was comfortable with it and I had good numbers with my stomach. Um, but rotate your sites because scar tissue takes a long time to heal. It can take up to three months to heal and it would suck if you had to put the majority of your sites in a place you don't love. Um, so rotate them. It helps with insulin resistance. It helps with scar tissue. It helps with all sorts of good things. It's just going to keep you healthy and happy and your skin healthy and happy and your tissues help healthy and happy. Um, long-term. So it's super important and go to your appointments. I know endo appointments are a little bit nerve wracking, especially in your first year. Um, and even now, you know, where I go to my appointments on my own in Texas, um, it, it can be a little nerve wracking and you know, you never know what your endo is going to ask you. I always joke around that, you know, they always ask you the silliest questions like, why was your blood sugar 224 at 3 a.m. three months ago. It's like, okay, <laughs> what is, what's the big picture here? So I, I totally understand, um, but go to your appointments. Everyone just wants to make sure you're healthy and happy and this is going to be best for you in the long run. So that's definitely a, a big thing I would recommend. Um, another thing, I saw this on TikTok the other day, people asking about the honeymoon phase. Um, this is something if you're newly diagnosed that you're probably hearing a lot of and it's different for everybody. So the honeymoon phase is when you get diagnosed with diabetes and your pancreas isn't completely, um, I'm trying to find a good word. There's, there's really not a good word. It's kind of morbid, but like your pancreas isn't completely dead yet. Um, there are still beta cells active and there's still insulin being released, um, which obviously helps with your blood sugars. So it's kind of nice because you kind of get to, 
hopefully, depending on how long it lasts, kind of ease into your type 1 and you still have those um, beta cells acting in addition to your um, insulin supplementation. Um, and it, it depends how long it lasts. It could last three months. It could last a year. Um, it could probably last one month. I don't know. So yeah, honeymoon phase, kind of interesting. I have a little theory though. I'm obviously not in the honeymoon phase anymore. (laughs) Um, but when I get sick, my blood sugar goes really low and I and my mom are convinced that my pancreas kind of turns back on when I'm sick because we're thinking that the cells that are attacking my pancreas move to a different site um, to attack whatever illness I have and my pancreas kind of starts working again. There is no research behind that, but I am convinced that that happens. So (laughs) yeah, honeymoon phase. Anyways, off topic. Um, that's what the honeymoon phase is. Okay. Next thing I have is getting an insulin pump. I know a lot of newly diagnosed type one diabetics, have this question very early on. They want to get on the insulin pump. They want to get on the Dexcom. It makes your life easier. I totally get it. Um, the reason you cannot, or it's recommended that you do not get on a pump right away is because you need to, you need to just honestly know how to give injections. Um, it's important. You know, what happens if your pump stops working or there's a big snowstorm and you don't have access to insulin pumps for a week you need to be able to give yourself injections and draw out insulin out of a vial and um yeah you just got to be able to kind of do the basics and then eventually you can work your way up to an insulin pump um and honestly there's nothing wrong with insulin shots I mean sure insulin pumps are great but in the summers I often switch back to insulin shots and I go back to my long acting Atlantis and my Humalog um, for a few weeks at a time just because it's nice because you don't have the insulin pump tan lines and it's nice swimming and not having it you know come off Um, so yeah I think there are pros and cons with pumps and shots so you're you're not I'm well I don't want to say you're not missing out on anything but um, you definitely have time to get on the insulin pump. So it's super good to really be comfortable giving yourself shots and drawing out that insulin and all that good stuff. So yeah. And calculating, calculating the units you need and stuff. It's important. Okay. Next thing I have is carb counting and giving insulin. This is another thing I recommend that you give yourself grace with. As I said earlier, um, you're going to know after your first year carbs in a lot of things, you know, um, I'm trying to think like a piece of bread, for instance, I know is typically about 20 carbs for like a slice of bread. Um, so I know if I had two slices of bread and a sandwich, it'd be at least 40 carbs. So this is kind of how my mind works with carb counting. Um, I know a glass of milk is typically 12 carbs. A cup of milk is 12 carbs. There's like certain things where you kind of just memorize. Um, a handful of berries for me is usually about like 15 carbs. Um, yeah, so you'll, you'll kind of get the hang of it. You'll get kind of the things that you know you like to eat and you'll kind of figure out give or take how much is in those things. Um, and a lot of people like to call it diabetic telepathy, where eventually you do get to the point where you can look at a plate of food and be like, oh yeah, that's 50 carbs. Um, but sometimes even now, sometimes it's not that way and you do need to look at the label and you do need to measure out things and that's totally okay. Um, And I know my newly diagnosed type 1s are probably measuring things out and weighing things on the scale and making sure things are perfect. And that's so good. And I'm so happy you're being proactive and making your health health priority. But I do promise it gets easier. And um, 
you won't have to do that forever. So you'll, you'll definitely get the hang of it. You'll pick it up quick. Um, yeah. And then as far as giving insulin, um, I'm not a doctor or nurse yet by any means. Um, but there are certain things that you also will have to learn might require more or less insulin, even if the carb ratio is a certain amount, like for instance, um, pizza for me or pasta pizza or pastas take a really really long time to absorb in my stomach so I could eat a piece of pizza and not give insulin yeah my number will not budge until like two and a half hours later and then all of a sudden I'm sky high so for those types of things it's important to give like an extended bolus or if you're on insulin shots maybe you wait I don't know like 30 minutes before giving your shot um And again, that all comes with trial and error and talking to your doctor and kind of figuring out how your body works. It's going to be different for everybody. But um, yeah, so giving insulin, carb counting, it's all a learning process. Next thing I have is learning your high and low blood sugar symptoms. Um, This is also different for everyone. And some people will not have symptoms and that is also normal. Um, Or maybe you'll develop symptoms later on once you kind of get in tune with your body. Um... And no matter what, it, that's that's okay. It's okay if you do have symptoms. It's okay if you don't have symptoms. As long as you, you know, can gauge if your number is high or low, that's what's important. Um, and symptoms vary for everyone. So for me, um, high blood sugar, it's definitely less of an intense symptom for me. Um, I'll have a headache that I pretty much know is like specifically a high blood sugar headache. It feels a little different. Um... I get really, really thirsty. I get really irritable. It's really easy to kind of, you know, tick me off. (laughs) Um, And I'll know that. So it's not like I will act on it, but you'll, you'll kind of get in tune with your body and figure things out. Um, For low blood sugars, this is a really weird symptom. Apparently I have not met anyone who has this symptom for low blood sugars, but I kind of get a fight or flight feeling that radiates through my legs Um, and that's how I know I'm low. I'll get shaky. Um, it's kind of hard to think. Uh, sometimes I'll sweat at night if it's a night low blood sugar. Um, and if I go really low, like sub 60, um, I will actually get that fight or flight feeling in my jaw and it'll kind of radiate through my jaw. And that's when I know like, oh shoot, like I need to take action now. This is an emergency. So I'm really blessed to have like those super, you know, not subtle low blood sugar symptoms. That's not the same for everybody. Um, but yeah, so maybe you have similar symptoms, maybe you don't, but just get in tune with your body and you'll figure it out and everyone's different. Okay. So next thing I have is getting a 504 plan in place. I've talked about this, I think like two or three times on this podcast. Um, but a 504 plan is basically a plan that you use for school. Um, college, elementary school, preschool, any school, (laughs) and it kind of just lays out your illness for you, your type one for you, and um, kind of notifies professors or whoever's kind of in charge there um, what to look out for with your type one and different accommodations that you might need for your type one. Um, Like I know in my 504, I have something that says, you know, if I'm taking an exam, I'm allowed to eat and pull out my phone and check my blood sugar and it won't count against me or like my time in the exam. Um, or I have something in there that says I can go to the bathroom whenever I want, whatever time, it doesn't matter. I'm allowed to get up and go to the bathroom. Um, so like little things like that, that might kind of 
put a wedge um, in learning is, I think, super important. It just makes your life easier. Um, yeah, so definitely get that 504 plan in place. Your doctors can help you with that. Um, oh gosh, this is a good one. Okay, so the next thing I have is when should you tell your friends slash significant other about it? I have done so many different things with this question um, over the years. So, and it really is, it really is up to you. It's definitely a personal thing. Um, when I was younger, it was more so a safety thing where I would tell people right away if I met them or if I was, you know, I don't know, going into first grade, I would go in front of the class and tell them what that thing on my arm is. And if my blood sugar's low, this is what's what you might see and you have to go tell the teacher and you know, like that sort of thing. Um, but as I got older, it got a little different, obviously. Um, in college, I, it kind of depends. It kind of depends. Um, some people kind of just know I might, you know, within the first couple of times of meeting them, I might check my blood sugar and they might obviously see my insulin pump and, it's kind of just like a thing and eventually they might, you know, find out about my podcast or whatever. And, you know, it's, it just kind of gets brought up on its own. Um, something that I'm more so iffy about is telling a significant other about it, which I've gone back and forth over the years and done different things over the years with that. I feel like that is more of definitely an important thing to talk to someone about. Um, because mostly mostly for safety reasons <laughs> and if you're wearing an insulin pump um you know they're probably going to see it and it'll come up naturally um but usually with significant others I will tell them probably like by the second date just because you know it's a big part of your life and it's important and they need to know that you know that's like a part of you and they need to accept that too so that's my personal thought but it really it does just depend on um the person <laughs> and it's kind of funny I had a best friend in high school who, oh my gosh, I think we are friends. We're still friends, but I think we were friends literally since like seventh grade and went to school together all the way to like senior year of high school. And then they left for college, but they didn't know I had type one until like mid high school, which is kind of crazy. So, um, some people might just not realize. So yeah, it's really just a personal thing for you. Um, okay. The next thing I have is getting involved with JDRF, um, and getting involved in general. So I know as a type one JDRF, or at least for me back in the day, it definitely was something that was pushed a little more on us and not in a bad way. Um, but you know, I mean, getting diagnosed with anything is a huge life adjustment, especially a chronic illness. Um, and a lot of things are getting thrown at you. And JDRF might kind of get brushed under the rug, which is totally fine. But I am definitely a pro JDRF girl. I'm JDRF advocate. I used to motivational speak for JDRF and do all sorts of good stuff with them. And they are an awesome organization. Um, and I think the best part about them is, is that you're surrounded by other type 1 diabetics who understand what you're going through and your story and... Um, I don't know. I think it's important to be surrounded by people who understand in general. It's relieving and um, I don't know. It's it's therapeutic. It's good. It's awesome. Um, you know, and it doesn't have to be JDRF. There's all sorts of different organizations that um, 
support diabetes, but JDRF is definitely the big one for type one. Um, so yeah, there's a chapter definitely in every state. Um, so I think if you just look it up online, you can find out where the closest JDRF is to you. Um, and yeah, I definitely recommend it. They're awesome. Okay. And then the very last thing I have kind of goes back to the mental things I was talking about and it is to love first. I'm going to stop saying give grace. <laughs> I promise. So we're going to talk about loving first. Um, and this kind of encapsulates everything I just talked about. Um, there are going to be people you come across who are amazing and supportive and wonderful and make, I don't know, like life just worth living for and awesome and make it so much easier for you and your disease. Um, and there's going to be some people who might give you dirty looks and not really understand and not care to be educated and, you know, say certain things they shouldn't about your type 1 diabetes and love both of those people. Love both of those people. There's going to be really amazing doctors who change your life and there's going to be some that you're going to have some stories to come back with and love both of those doctors. Love both of those people. Um, I don't know. We're all, we're all human beings on a tiny little planet who are all just winging it and trying their best. Um, and any negativity that is thrown at you is a reflection of the other person and not yourself. And I think that's a really important thing to remember and understand. So, um, yeah. And at the end of the day, you guys should be so proud of yourself. You guys are a living, breathing, working human pancreas. You are a living, breathing, 24-7 organ. And I think that's amazing. I think we're all doing amazing. We're all doing the best we can. And you should be so proud of yourself that you're here today and handling all of life's obstacles that are being thrown at you. So I think that's amazing. I'm proud of all the type 1 diabetics. And um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> give Last time, I promise I'll say this. Give yourself grace um, and love yourself and love others. And um, yeah, it's all going to be okay. I, I really do think it's all going to be okay. And I know a cure is in sight. And um, yeah, we're going to get through this. So one day at a time. But that's all I have for today. Um, so as always, for more all things type 1 diabetes, you can visit at AlliePod on TikTok and Instagram. Thanks. <laughs>